that was fun. Winning is fun, I think. And uh, we haven't seen one of those in a while, which I think explains the um, the tone, let's call it, of the texts here on the text line. You know, I, honestly, I have trouble remembering big plays from big wins in a while. The Canada Day win obviously was a big one. A squeaker, a squeaker of one against the A's to wrap that series in Oakland. I do, in my head realize that we had a treat of a ball game tonight, right? I mean, a pitcher's duel, great ball from Robbie Ray. He was pumped up when he, when he exited the game, uh, when, he, when he escaped, I should say, the bases loaded jam with no outs. Terrific, truly terrific stuff from Alec Manoa, who deserved far better than what he got tonight. But in my heart, when you, when you look at it in terms of wanting the Blue Jays to win, that was truly awful, right? I mean, that isn't what you want especially when it comes to the bats. And again, Alec Manoa, I think, no, you'll not, you're not going to hear anything negative from me about Alec Manoa. Actually, wherever we do end up starting tonight, I don't think anyone, however you may feel about the state of the Blue Jays right now, should be laying pretty much any blame at the feet of Alec Manoa. That might actually sound like a no-brainer. I understand people are like, yeah, obviously, show. But generally speaking, just given some of the messages that came in through the course of the game. And again, I understand when you text in, I, I think it's like a process of venting, not necessarily at any one person or anything, unless you're talking about a, you know, the manager or a specific play or what have you. But I, I just feel like that probably had to be said before we get going. I, I also understand that's a, a reflection of maybe a very small minority of people, but uh, no Manoa slander tonight, not on a night like this. I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, welcome to Jay's Talk, of course, on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you tonight as we break down oh, another tough loss for the Jays. The common theme of pitching going, the bats not going again, a topic of conversation tonight. The Jays lose 2-1 to one to the Seattle Mariners at T-Mobile Field. Like Ben Wagner said, guarantees a third straight series loss. The rally did make it interesting at the end, right? Bases loaded with two outs. In uh, top of the in the top of the ninth inning, but Diego Castillo and the Mariners hold on. Uh, shoot me a text five ninety five ninety name and location. See a couple here already. Get it all off your chest. Send them in. I'll read them on the air. No profanity. But then again, with text, I can kind of self edit. So you know what? Honestly, text in whatever you want. Uh, for my part, you know, I sit here. Uh, I sit here night after night. Sometimes like tonight to do Jays talk by myself. Sometimes with others. Sometimes Blair and Barker do it. Right. We watch the Jays do the same thing over and over and over and over again. I laugh not because it's funny, but because it is It is almost, it's like you're laughing in disbelief almost based on what expectations were set at at the beginning of the season. And sure, the ebbs and flows of a season will always get you, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be in your feelings at some point and you're going to be really high on the team at other points. But given, and again, I, I hate to harp on the whole last season you saw the trailer and this season you're watching the movie thing, but again, like those kinds of things build expectations and I think it's fair to say the Jays have fallen short of expectations so far in the uh, 2022 season and, and you know, it's, you, you stay here, you stay up late and watch these games and I mean, it's, it's certainly exacerbated because these games are on the West Coast, but Gosh, it is, it is, for me, it's mind-numbing to sit through loss after loss after loss. I'm sure it is for you as well. And I can't imagine what it's like for the players, right? Because these are some of the most competitive athletes, human beings on the face of the planet. And they're going through these ups and downs, just like the fans in the media are. But they're the ones actually going out there. And again, probably made worse on nights like tonight when you stay up late and you get some hope thanks to Alec Manoa going out there with just 
a ridiculous performance, a truly tremendous performance, in my opinion, from Alec Manoa, despite the home run, and they lose regardless. Like, I see a text here from Kyler in Prince Edward County, Ontario. I've run out of adjectives to use to describe how good Manoa is. What an awesome performance yet again from the big man. And, uh, yeah, the final line on Manoa, seven and a third, three hits, two runs, both of them earned coming from that home run, four walks, Seven strikeouts. And look, Alec Manoa, he doesn't miss like that very often, right? I mean, a, a rare miss by Manoa in that seventh inning. He, he almost never missed. Like, he had some misses on the outsides here and there tonight, and that'll happen for virtually any pitcher. But he almost never misses in the middle of the zone like he did on the, that Santana home run. And, of course, Santana have been around for a long time. He took advantage as an old veteran. But Manoa had almost all pitches working all night long. So I find it difficult to really lay any blame at the feet of Manoa. I mean, look, again, the conversation has been so often about the bats going and the pitching not going, the pitching going, the bats not going. Sometimes it's on the starting rotation. Sometimes it's on the bullpen. And again, those ebbs and flows are natural for a, for a, a very long season, 162 games. But like, how could you go into the seventh inning with one run an opposite field solo home run at that, right? I mean, I I, I want to say in that you guys know I'm a big fan of the various automated accounts that kind of show you all the various metrics about like major league baseball home runs and you know would it be a home run in this many parks and Statcast has that information and there's some fun Twitter accounts like Wood It Dong and stuff they do that stuff too. Uh, Wood It Dong showing tonight that the Springer home run I think would have been a homer in six of thirty ballparks and again. You take it, right? You take it and you run. And if there's any pitcher who can work with a one nothing lead and turn that into a win, spin that into a win, it is absolutely Alec Manoa. Maybe Kevin Gossman if he's healthy. But uh, it's Alec Manoa first and foremost. Uh, probably, I, I think I'm getting... The, the more we go into this season, the more I feel comfortable using the word ace around him. Even aces have bad games, obviously. But I, I'm, I feel more comfortable using that word with him. But how can he not get virtually any run support that is that is a that is a truly that is a a shame that's a massive shame it is truly awful i mean score some runs at literally any point in this ball game and maybe manoa doesn't have to walk the tightrope every single time out right the same goes for every pitcher on this roster i just i'll never get behind blaming manoa i mean certainly you could probably blame him a little bit for the previous outing when the velo was down the the breaking balls weren't breaking to the left and right of the zone as much as they usually do tonight it was all working it was all working tonight and he was let down by the offense and uh, speaking of not scoring runs that top of the 5th inning <laughs> like that is that is gross, right? I mean, that is absolutely brutal. I, 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 sometimes I shy away from using the word wretched. That was a wretched way to end an inning. Started the base with bases loaded with no outs. Guriel Jr. blading a ball, loading the bases, and then you get a Chapman strikeout, an Espinal pop-up. That honestly, like Ben, Ben said this during the game. I'm not even sure that ball went high enough to be called an infield fly, right? That ball was like, I I think uh, 
the second baseman had to had to dart forward and catch that ball because it 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 came down so quickly because it was not hit that high. That Espinal pop up, a Tapia ground out. I've I've generally speaking enjoyed what I've seen from Raimel Tapia over the course of this season. He's had some surprising moments and has had a pretty good, all things considered, last I don't know month of the year. But my good God, that was that was an some ugly abs by those three. After Teoscar Kirk and Lord is Lord of the Bases, essentially one after another. I um Yeah, the just seeing the seeing the offense struggle like this is just is something that I don't know if it's baffling necessarily, but I just I don't understand how you get these good hitters hitting the way they have been. And it this doesn't just go over this losing streak. You know, losing three to the to the Mariners, losing two of three to the A's, losing what three of five to the uh, to the Rays, right? You just—it's it, not just that. It's anytime the offense struggles. I, I I'm confused because you look back to 2021 and almost to a person, every single member of this team has regressed. Almost every single person has regressed offensively on this team, and. Some people texting in about why do they only try and hit bombs? Why don't you, quote-unquote, manufacture some runs? Actually, as I say that, I see a text popping in here. No name on this one. And please leave your name and location when you shoot me a text, just so I can give you a shout-out and give you some credit. But this one from a, from a GTA-era uh, area number here in, uh, in Toronto. The Jays' bats are quiet. Shouldn't they change their game plan and start manufacturing some runs? It doesn't really matter how you get them as long as you do. Absolutely. I agree. 1,000%. I absolutely agree with that. It's just, I don't know. And again, I... I see some people blaming Charlie Montoya at this on this, and I think there are some things that you could blame Charlie Montoya for. I don't know if the hitting stuff is something you blame Charlie Montoya for. I think maybe, and we can have the conversation about maybe the clubhouse culture that Charlie Montoya has built, maybe not paying as as, as many dividends as you would have otherwise liked, and maybe that's a good reason to to discuss changing Charlie Montoya because we have seen in any sport, this is not limited to baseball, it's not, not limited to any one individual sport. Sometimes you just need a change uh, in, in terms of voices in the clubhouse, in the locker room, whatever you call it, right? Sometimes that's needed. And maybe after a certain point in time, uh, Charlie Montoyo, not that I think he's lost faith, the faith of the Blue Jays players necessarily, but maybe sometimes a, a new voice might just be better, right? I mean, we saw that happen to the Angels. They went into that, that what, insane losing streak, and they canned Joe Madden, and Joe Madden was supposed to be this championship pedigree, grizzled vet, bring some serious instability to the clubhouse for the Angels. The Angels have a whole boatload of problems that are, some are similar to the Blue Jays, some are not, but... If they can do it, there's no real reason. And other teams do it too, right? Other teams have done it plenty of times. And with the level of expectations, again, I'm not necessarily advocating for doing it right now, but so, I just I think that sometimes those kinds of changes are needed. The other half of that is, if it's not him, if it's not Charlie, then who is it, right? Is it is it John Schneider? Would that be a big change of voice in the clubhouse? I don't know, right? I don't know what the answer to that question is. We can have the, the, the culture discussion and and maybe the discussion about, you know, the, the makeup of this team. I'm trying to struggling to find the words on how, the, how, how you want to frame that argument. But I just see, I see a lot of people calling for the, the, the head of Charlie Montoyo. And again, when the Blue Jays muster such so few hits and runs, 
it, to a degree, I would probably blame Charlie. But again, that is uh, that is largely on the bats as well. Uh, let's go to the text line as well. 590-590. I see, let's see here. I see one from Zach and Fredericton. It's hard to swing the momentum when Ray gets, gets out of a bases loaded, no out jam. Wasted pitching performance by the bats. The cold bats have cost us more games in the bullpen. This lineup has to be better than six runs in the first three games of the series. Uh, that's from Zach in Fredericton. I uh, see Dave in Scarborough right on time. Time to fire Charlie Montoyo? Question mark, exclamation mark. Uh, I see another one here from Montoyo is afraid to change the batting order. Ross is afraid to cha- trade someone from the lineup. This team isn't good enough. And, you know, that brings me to, and I'd seen another text here. Uh, where is it? Let's see. This one was from, oh, here it is. Chris in Scarborough. Would you trade Teoscar Hernandez for pitching help? So I guess kind of getting to the crux of, do you trade one of these guys and improve elsewhere? Teoscar Hernandez, I mean, uh, if he's one of the guys who has to go at this point, uh, I'm not, not going to be super upset about it. Let's put it that way. Yes, he's a very, very talented hitter. I believe he has one more year of arbitration eligible year. I think it's the third year of the of arbitration for him in 2023. Uh, but this year, he's getting paid a little over $10 million. If you remember, they had the, the, the year of arbitration or they came to the one-year agreement, I guess, to avoid arbitration. And he's an, he's a UFA in 2024. The problem is he is 29 right now. He's 29 years old. He'll be 30 in 2023, which means when he's a UFA, he's going to be 31 years old. And that's going to f- come in line right around the time where you're going to have to pay Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You're going to have to pay Bo Bichette. You're going to have to pay some of these other guys as well. You're pro- you're still paying. Uh, you're still paying George Springer. You're probably going to see a couple other additions here and there, but a lot of money about to be ponied up by this team in the not too distant future for the guys already on the team. Honestly, I, I wonder, I do honestly wonder if you might not explore trading someone like Teoscar and you, you, you bring, I don't know, maybe you bring up one of the guys from the Bisons or from elsewhere in the major league system and the minor league system. Pardon me. I just, I do, I do genuinely wonder if that's something that should be explored. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to say that this is a reason why you do that for Teoscar, for example. But I mean, there was, there were some base running errors in this game and it just feels like they keep on piling up, don't they? Right. I mean, there was another ugly mistake against Ray early Teoscar Hernandez running on movement from Ray. Those are never good at the best of times, but man, when you're going up against someone like Robbie Ray and Jay's fans know firsthand how punishing he can be when he's on, you just can't give the other team free outs on the base pass. Like you just can't, right? He got doubled off last night. I hesitate to call that a true error, right? Because that was a ball hit right to, I believe it was JP Crawford, but he's been back picked at first base once or twice early in the year. I just, honestly, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of tired of it. Honestly, I'm kind of tired. I mean, is that is that by itself a reason to trade Teoscar Hernandez? Absolutely not. But I just wonder if if the age combined with his offensive prowess combined with whatever he's going to be costing you in the not-too-distant future, I wonder if that's something they don't at least explore. Again, what do you do in the outfield if Teoscar Hernandez is not manning right field in in most nights? I'm not sure. And I will say it has been a pleasure to watch Teoscar Hernandez evolve into the guy he is now. Remember when he was traded to the uh, to the Blue Jays? I mean, he the way he evolved, it was definitely one of the better trades, dare I say, in recent memory for for that front office. But uh, I just I wonder if we've seen the ceiling for Teoscar Hernandez. So, I, but I do appreciate that text. 
Um, I want to go to back to the text line here. Yeah, here, Ed and Thornhill with Vladdy, Bo, Teo all down. Obviously, last year's first half numbers were inflated playing in AAA ballparks. I see another one here, Jay and Ajax. To be fair, when they came out with the next level promotion, they never said if the level was going up or down. This team is so hyped, and it's a dud. And uh, JJ and Kitchener feels like they have been just one big hit away from a win all week and just can't get it. Dante Bichette, an answer to any of this. You know what? Honestly, is if that ends up being a solution here, maybe that's it. I mean, Dante Bichette is obviously a prolific hitter, to say the very least. And he clearly knows not only his own son, but he knows how the rest of this lineup can look at times. I... I, I don't think it's I'm calling for the head of the hitting coach here, but adding Dante Bichette, there's look, there's no way it could hurt at this point, right? There's no way it could hurt. Anyways, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do the Bet365 standings update. Take a look around the rest of the AL East very briefly, and then we'll get back to the text line. Again, shoot me one at 590-590. Leave your name and location. We'll continue breaking down this 2-1 loss for the Blue Jays at the hands of the Seattle Mariners. But you're listening to Jays Talk. I'm Show Ali on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you tonight as we get to another yet tough loss for the Jays. They lose 2-1 to one to the Mariners. They guarantee the third straight series loss. Again, a, an interesting rally at the end, but Matt Chapman grounding out with the bases loaded for the second time in this ballgame. Lest I forget, and uh, the the Mariners, Diego Castillo, and the Mariners hold on, and they win two to one. They take the series, and the Blue Jays will look to avoid the sweep. And uh, no Kevin Gossman on the mound tomorrow. It will be a bullpen day, so we'll see who gets the start tomorrow. But uh, expect to, expect a lot of pitching changes tomorrow. If you listen to the radio broadcast, expect me to be doing a lot of pitching changes uh, tomorrow afternoon across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, let's get to the Bet365 standings update before we get back to the text line. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario-only uh, some more of the same within the AL East. The Yankees did lose tonight, but when it, the when the team beating them, the Boston Red Sox, I'm never sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. The Yankees did lose uh, six to five to the Red Sox, who got the walk off win. So the Yankees are 61 and 24. The Boston Red Sox are 46 and 39. The Tampa Bay Rays lost again for the second straight night to the to the Cincinnati Reds of all teams. They lose in extras. They're now 45 and 39. Unfortunately, the Blue Jays have not managed to take advantage of the recent losses by the Red Sox over the last couple of games prior to tonight and the losses by the Rays. The Blue Jays with the loss tonight are 45 and 41. And again, don't look now, but the Baltimore Orioles are 42 and 44 after winning one nothing over the Angels earlier today. So the Boston Red Sox are in second place in the East. The Rays third the Blue Jays fourth, which means the Blue Jays are just a game and a half back out of a second place in the division. But the way they've been playing, it does feel like it's, uh, unfortunately, it's a lot more than that. Um, let's get back to the text line, 590-590. Leave your name and location. Uh, Devin and Keswick, Jeff Blair said it best. Charlie Montoyo cannot manage a bullpen or a pitching game. Uh, Andy and Kitchener, I, b- I believe this is Kitchener, Andy. Uh, why is this team's management so stubborn? One example is that Bichette needs to be moved down the order yesterday. And uh, just a lot of a lot of stuff around a lot of stuff around Charlie Montoyo and 
I wanted to. This is something I was talking about a little before. I just wanted to get to this really quick because I've I've seen a lot of messages about Charlie, and there's no way when the team you watch day in and day out has has now lost eight of nine games. I think dating back to July second, there's no real way anyone can say, okay, relax, it'll be fine, because there have been some alarming trends in the last week. But I, just as in a quick aside to the Charlie Montoyo stuff. I really do think that maybe what this team needs more than anything right now is some kind of veteran presence who will step up and say, okay, look, goofing around is fine, but now it's time to button things up, right? I actually, I don't have a problem with the team goofing off and, and doing silly stuff, but, and I, and I don't think that means they stop wearing like the home run jacket or, or stop expressing themselves. Other teams do stuff like that all the time. I mean, the Baltimore Orioles have won, what, seven games in a row? They do that chain thing, right? You have the Angels wearing the hat. Uh, the Red Sox do the shopping cart thing. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that... I only mentioned those ones because we see them more than we do other teams, but I'm sure there are others around Major League Baseball. But if you look back to last season and you made a guess as to who the serious one in the clubhouse was who probably made the team take things a little more seriously. I think it's safe to say it was Simeon, right? Marcus Simeon. I like him a lot. I'll never fault him for grabbing a once-in-a-lifetime bag with the Rangers. More power to him. But whenever we looked back to last year, and you saw the guys in this team being silly in the dugout, which I think honestly can be endearing at times, you sometimes see the cameras capture Simeon sitting by himself looking like the batteries had been depleted, like his, his robot shell needed to be recharged. He almost never partook in the shenanigans the others, think, the others did. And I think that, like, that stands to me in stark contrast, not even to Vladdy and the other young guys, but Teoscar Hernandez certainly takes part, and Santiago Espinal, and a lot of these guys do, and I'm not blaming them. But I think it actually stands in stark contrast to someone like George Springer, right? He's a veteran. He's been around the Major League Baseball for a long time. He's won a World Series, a World Series MVP. He's not exactly Mr. Serious either. And I'm not like putting it all or shouldering it all for on uh, on Springer. But I just like you go back to that World Series win for the Astros. And I know I get it. Trash cans, cheaters, all that stuff. We don't have to relitigate that right the second. But if you just look at that roster, right? Carlos Beltran, I think he was 40 when that when when they won the World Series. Brian McCann was in his like mid 30s. Josh Reddick, I think, was 30 or 31, which isn't exactly old, I know. But I just mean... Those kind of players were all guys who are a little older, who didn't take any kind of any kind of guff, essentially, right? And there aren't really any of those players on this roster now. Simeon was kind of that guy before, and there isn't anyone like that now. And I, I actually do feel like in the not-too-distant future, Bo Bichette is probably on his way to becoming that guy for this roster. He's not quite there yet, but in the meantime, maybe they could use a veteran presence. And again, to go back to the Charlie Montoya conversation, maybe ultimately it does take a change from the manager. Maybe the kind of clubhouse culture isn't one that is sustainable. I don't know, right? I'm spitballing here. But I, I will say I would just be surprised if any kind of from and again, this is not based on any like firsthand knowledge here, but I would just be surprised if the Blue Jays made uh, some kind of change Certainly before the All-Star break. I mean, the All-Star break isn't exactly that far away. The All-Star break is just a little over a week away at this point. But I um, 
I, I would be surprised if it came before the end of the season, honestly. I've been wrong before. And again, we saw it happen to other teams like Philly and Los Angeles, but it's, it's not as though, so it's not as though it can't happen. I would just be surprised uh, if it did. Um, let's get back to the text line, 590 to 590. We're going to make way at the uh, bottom of the hour. We're going to get out of here, but I uh, want to get back to the text line, 590, 590. Tony from Kitchener, the offense should not have to wait for the last inning to score runs. They have so many chances. They always seem to come up short. Vladdy's base running has no sense of urgency. Kirk is running to first base faster than him. Too many mistakes are costing. They need a break. This is embarrassing. Last year at the time, this time the results were similar and they turned it around. I believe they will do better, but for now they are the worst in the league right now. I'm not going to say there. I won't. I, I agree with like 95% of what you said, Tony, right up until they were the worst in the league. They're certainly playing like it. I'll tell you, I'll say that much. If you watched this game in a vacuum, like if you watched, uh, heck, if you watched this entire week of ball games in a vacuum, you would not know that uh, the, uh, the Blue Jays, were in a wild card spot and that the Mariners were just barely above 500 and that the A's are one of the worst teams in baseball. Like you wouldn't know that in a vacuum based on what you've, uh, what you've seen and heard from blue Jays baseball um, over the last little while. I see uh, why is Chapman batting seventh to get of Espinal and Tapia? No question. He's in the lineup, but his hitting has not been good. They walked Gurriel to get the Chapman to win the game. Yeah. I, I think uh, Chapman needs to move down. Chapman needs to move down in the order. No question. I'm here for that. The bat has been, the, the defense has been good, but the, uh, Bat has been very disappointing. Grounding out with the bases loaded twice. Yeah, hard pass on Chapman batting that high, which is uh, not high to begin with, but still. Uh, that does it for Jay's Talk tonight. I appreciate the texts as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks, feature wild side baseball fans. Jays lose to the Mariners 2-1 to one in Seattle tonight, and tomorrow on Sunday we will get the series finale. The Jays will try and avoid the sweep as we have a bullpen day tomorrow for the Jays. Logan Gilbert, not Chris Flexen. Logan Gilbert will go for the Mariners. Uh, for Tom Young, I'm Show Ali. Have a great rest of your evening, everyone. Sleep fast. It's an early afternoon game tomorrow. We will talk to you tomorrow night.